Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that is sure to torment any possums hiding in trees within a three-mile radius of your audio device. When a mother is diagnosed with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, she is shocked to discover that standing next to her bed is the figure of a man she had not seen since her childhood, a man who had long since passed during the Second World War. Who was this man, and was he there to help her move on to the other side? That story and so much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is, and yes, 855-853-4802, our phone number to uh, call in and share your real ghost story with us. You can also write it in on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. We would love to uh, to hear them. This obviously, it's a ghost show. If you're new to us for uh, the month of October, show goes on uh, all year round with uh, four new episodes every single week, a uh, fifth one for uh, EPP bonus members. Those are supporters of the show, extra podcast people. That's what EPP stands for. You get the bonus episode, you get all the episodes commercial free, and you get our archive of episodes, which equates to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories uh, ever created. Um, That's what we've made with this show. So if you want access to all that, all of it ad-free, sign up to be an extra podcast person at uh, ghostpodcast.com or Patreon and the uh, Patreon app. Just search four words here, Real Ghost Stories Online. Again, Real Ghost Stories Online. Four words. Online needs to be on there. Uh, And you find us there on the Patreon app, or there's a link at uh, ghostpodcast.com. So do check that out. We uh, greatly appreciate that. It's uh, Tony and Harper Bruski with you on today's episode of the program. What is going on? You know, ever since we got the truck wrapped, uh, we've seen an increase in people. So hi to all the new people. We have. we have, And it's kind of weird. When when she means the truck wrapped, we got, uh, we basically have a, a pod vehicle. I, I used to, I was calling it like a station vehicle because that's what we would call it at like a radio station. Um, but got the big Real Ghost Stories online logos on there and we're driving all over the place. And it, it's interesting go to like a kind of a high traffic area or something and or areas that are very into ghostly things and uh, i can uh, there with a big qr code on the side on each side of the truck and uh, i can visibly see on uh numbers of like oh there was like a spike there uh in that so kind of cool to see that yeah hi to all the new people so yes hi and welcome and yes that was us that cut in front of you uh, the other day. I do apologize, but I had to turn. Sorry, I had to turn. But <laughs> I got to think of those things now, too. And actually, one of the th- <laughs> one of the things I had to tell Harper when we got that uh, the vehicle, we got the vehicle wrapped. Uh, I said, honey, now you really can't flip people off anymore. OK, because now and she's like, ah! <laughs> I actually had to say that. Thank God the windows are like tinted and no one can see in. Uh, but if they could, there'd be a there'd be a lot of angry people. There's so many times Harper, stop doing that. 
Yeah, I'm not good with that. Yeah, you can't do that. That's not a good thing. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go over to our first letter. It says, my mother was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 1999. She'd been sick for a while, and when she finally found out what she had, we were all devastated. She was diagnosed on her birthday. The gift. At first, she was given three to six months to live, but with new drugs and chemo, she lived over two years. She went on a strict CHOP therapy and did quite well and went into remission in late 2000. After a few months, she developed a bad sore throat and we found out that the cancer came back even more aggressive than before. She was on schedule to receive another treatment and bone marrow transplant when my father died suddenly. After that, she got very depressed and forgetful. One day, she didn't come to work with me and wouldn't answer the phone. I showed up at the house and the door was dead bolted from the inside. I thought the worst and called the police. After five minutes of beating on the door, she finally opened it and didn't recognize me. She had a hard time standing and couldn't speak. I immediately took her to the hospital where they told me her cancer spread to her brain. She couldn't speak anymore and I was devastated. She received a new treatment and it seemed to help her for a few days. I came to the hospital to see her and when I got about two doors from her, I could hear her speaking German to what seemed like a male voice. I thought one of her German friends had come to see her, but when I got to her room, no one was there. I asked her who she was talking to and she said, Papa. I said, ah, okay, and thought nothing of it. She was giggling and acting like a school kid. I stayed and spoke with her for about three hours and went home. Came in the next day and had told me that the nursing staff, that she had had several seizures and they had to put her under anesthesia to keep her from having more. I spoke with the nurses and we spoke about her and how sweet she was to them. They really liked her. I then told her she was speaking in German the other day and one nurse said, oh, she does it all the time. I said, really? Oh yeah, she speaks German to someone, but there's never anyone in her room when we walk by. Come to think of it, a strange thing happened the other week. She was talking. We could swear we could hear a man's voice speaking to her in another language. We went in and there was no one there. We asked her who she was talking to and she said, my father. I said, okay brushed it off and asked me if her dad had ever come to see her I said that would be difficult because he was killed in World War II in the Netherlands their faces turned white as sheets I think she was near death and saw her father before she passed I can only imagine like how heartbreaking it must be to go through someone that completely forgets who you are even though you've known them your whole life. Like, they can't help it, but that... It's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you kind of got to look at it when that sort of stuff happens. That, yeah, it, their physical body is failing. And, you know, it, it's basically on its, its way out. But that person, beyond... If the body wasn't failing they still know those things and a lot of times then it's they pass on and you know they, it's back you know oh. but I can only imagine what it would be to be in my deathbed and not remembering who my family was sure it's weird 
to uh, to be around that. My grandma, uh, she had a, a form of Alzheimer's uh, before she had died, and you she she knew at you for a second and was kind of lucid, and then boom, it was over to. Are you one of the Olsen boys from up the road? And she's speaking about her childhood and the Olsen boys that were up the road um, because she literally lived like Little House on the Prairie and actually in the Wisconsin area where that was actually set. Um, So that's what she, you know, she kept going back to her old days and then she'd catch herself and she'd be like, I remember when you did this with me and it would be accurate. It'd be, you know, what she remembered of me and her. And then all of a sudden gone. And it's it's got to be just so confusing because you don't realize it's happening. Yeah. Over and over. And the, the, the best thing that, that can be done when people are like that is to go along with it and go along for the ride and allow them to be in their happy spots. If Especially if they're bouncing from here to there. It's like, yeah. And it's so much better than that's not I'm not them mom no that's not who no that's not who I hate that I hate the let's correct them let's correct them like who the fuck cares at this point just let them be happy because they don't have a whole lot of time left so they can either be miserable realizing how confused they are because you get to call them out on it or you can let them kind of ride it out and just be like okay and that's kind of fun to actually see like where are you going to take me today? Because it can yeah. go to some interesting places. Uh, very interesting places. Are you that guy from the market that stole my oranges for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know what you're going to get. And a lot of times it's like a slice. It's it's like they're, they're back at a point in their life and they're reliving that moment. Or it's like that was the... I don't know. The only way I can kind of... Um, I guess relate is I've had dreams where I'm like I'm me but I'm in a totally different place it's like current day but it's a totally I haven't had these in a long time but I was like in a totally different city I had totally different people around me I had a totally different family and I had no recollection of anything in my world here today and then you wake up in that him. dream and you wake up and it's like and it takes a few seconds and like where am I who am I okay it's it's the weirdest thing that only happens when you like kind of lucid dream and you like you it, know. All, it all felt very real and it didn't feel like I was going to the past or the future or anything like that it just felt um parallel you like like a yeah like a parallel different path or something that's weird but i didn't know anybody like but in in those dreams the people that i was interacting with i knew them all like i knew their history i knew i knew like like i know everyone's like in my life i know them i know our, our past together and all that in those dreams those people i knew all of those things I'm like oh yeah that's so and so and we go i remember back when we did this together and it's it was it's the weirdest thing it yeah. is the weirdest feeling because you wake up you don't i can't pull that deep but i all i could pull was like i was somebody else or i was me but it was me in a different i don't know 
It's parallel universe, kids. It's real. It's weird. Very, very weird feeling. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number to share your real ghost stories with us. Or you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to this one. It says, uh, hey, Tony and Harper, I'm absolutely hooked on your show and have been listening to it almost daily for the past few months. I've had multiple paranormal experiences throughout my life, and most of them have been benign and non-threatening. However, after listening to your podcast and learning more about patterns and experiences, one particular experience I've had has begun to creep me out more and more. And I finally feel the need to share it with you and everyone else. In my mid-20s, I moved into a basement apartment of a building that was built in 1910. I love this apartment dearly with its hardwood floors, French doors, huge clawfoot bathtub. However, after a few months of living there, I noticed some strange occurrences and weird energy coming from the bathroom that was attached to my bedroom. I've always had a habit of taking a nightly bath before going to bed to help myself relax and unwind from the day. But for some reason, whenever I took a bath in that clawfoot tub, I never could fully relax. Sometimes felt as if something was behind me while I bathed. I felt simultaneously drawn into staying in the tub longer than usual and also wanting to just get out of it. And it seemed like the more often I took a bath, the longer I would end up staying in it. I even found myself taking multiple baths on the weekends out of what I thought was boredom and just became more restless because of it. I had a very sweet little black cat named Poe. He was living with me at the time, and although he was a bit shy, he was generally very relaxed around the house. The only exception was when he used his litter box during the night, which was in the bathroom. Without fail, almost every night, he would come shooting out of the bathroom at a terrifying full speed, and as soon as he finished using the box as if something was chasing after him, he wouldn't stop running till he had cleared my bedroom and ran into the living room. Strange thing is, he never did this during the daytime and only did it at night. After living there for about a year, I started to fall into a depressive and dark state of mind and began drinking excessively. I think I did it to escape from my own darkness and confused self, but only fell deeper into it. I even got into a bad habit of taking a bath after drinking fairly heavily and was very fortunate to have never fallen asleep while in the tub. Things progressively got worse. The energy in the bathroom got heavier and I was drawn into a darker state until one night I had a very strange dream or rather what I think was a dream but might have been some strange state of wakefulness. I usually left the bathroom door open a crack so Poe could use a litter box at night and get out without me having to get out of bed to let him in the bathroom. During this dream, the bathroom door was opened about seven inches, just enough to let the cat through. Out of the corner of my eye, near the middle of the door crack, I saw two dark hands with abnormally long fingers reach along the side of the door frame and grasp into it as if getting ready to pull whatever creature it was attached to out into my bedroom. I don't know how I could actually see it since the room and bathroom were completely dark, but somehow the hands were darker than anything else. At first, I was terrified, but then somehow I knew if I forbid it from leaving the bathroom, it would not be able to come out. I slowly sat up, turned my legs toward the side of my bed, and started at the hands. 
I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in the power of spiritual light and positive energy. And I knew that somehow I was stronger than this creature. In my mind, I told it clearly and strongly that it was not allowed to leave the bathroom and that it must leave immediately. I could feel so much powerful energy radiating out of my chest as if my own spirit light was pushing it away and forcing it to stay where it was. It was an incredible feeling. Eventually, hesitantly, the hand slowly crept back into the darkness of the bathroom and I lay back down only to wake from the dream. If that's what it truly was. A few moments later, I didn't have any more dreams or dark feelings coming from the bathroom after that, but have an idea of where the energy or entity may have transferred itself to afterwards, which makes me very sad. I can write in again with more if you'd like. Thank you for all that you do, and thank you for reading my story. Well, that's unsettling. I can only imagine seeing like a hand that's abnormally long reaching out of your bathroom. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, Father. <laughs> imagine a now. I'm I'm trying to understand this the hand thing. Is it abnormally long? Like the hand is abnormally long, like the fingers or the arm, or what are we talking here? I'm thinking fingers because that's. But can, I, can that just be the shadows that are are capturing it in a certain way? I don't like fingers. But number one, why is there a random hand there to begin with? And that's that's scary. the weird part. We can debate the fingers and the arms and exactly how long they should be. But the big question is, why is there one there first? Okay, and the simple fact that she was, like, able to say, like, the door was open about seven inches, enough for the cat, in her dream. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, like, freaky. Like, huh? Like, are you sure that was a dream? Well, that's, you know, that's kind of what you have to wonder sometimes is you know if you're suspecting it is and i think the easy uh easy out if you will to things are to say oh yeah it was uh it was just a dream but in reality it was something uh, much much more real than uh, than any dream really could be uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number let's go to another caller hi I am calling from North Carolina, and the story that I have, I've been holding on to for a while, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to share it or not, but I finally decided to share it and see what you think about it. Um, I moved out of my parents' house and moved with my brother and his family and my family, and so it was my brother, my sister-in-law, my niece, myself, my husband, and my daughter. And my husband and my brother used to work together and they would work um, outside of state for several days at a time, sometimes up to a week. And so I would be left at home with my daughter and my sister-in-law and my niece. And there was always just this fiery feeling in the air. Um, we were always in a mood. We really couldn't, it's not that we didn't get along, it's that we didn't feel the need to even speak to each other. We were in the same home. We were walking through the same rooms and we just, it was like a heaviness. It almost toxic because we could go outside and breathe some fresh air. And then, you know, we were great. But when we were inside the home, just everything was different. 
And not long after we moved in, my daughter started doing just some really creepy stuff. And so it began with her waking up at 3 a.m. at night. And then she had a doll, a favorite doll that she would take, and she would take it to the closet. And the closet was very dark, didn't have any light. And she would take it to the closet, and I could hear her talking. And she was two, and she wasn't really much of a talker, so but it was so clear. And she would talk to this doll as if she was talking to an adult. Um, um, you know, yes, ma'am, and today was great, and just telling her about herself, like, like you know, not full sentences, but you know, she would say purple, which was her favorite color, or um, I like dogs, just things that were very her. And so I would I would wake up and I could hear her and my closet was right across from my bed and I would call her over and tell her to come back to bed. And eventually when she wouldn't listen to me, I would get up and go check on her and realize that she wasn't awake. Her eyes were closed and it was as if she was in a trance. And then it was almost like she didn't know what was going on because she never mentioned it, but it it was an everyday thing and it was becoming such a problem. And so I would sometimes close the closet and put something around it like a zip tie so it wouldn't be opened. And she would always find a way to open it and it was right across the bed and it became so creepy to me because it wasn't stopping. And then... um about a month later, my niece started waking up at 3 a.m. And my niece was hysterical. And so I would take my daughter out of the room. Um, I would try not to wake her up because I've heard that if you wake them up, you, you know, may put them in a state of shock or psychosis. I'm not sure how true that is, but it was always a fear that, so I wouldn't wake her up. I would kind of take her out of the room, carry her around, and take the doll away and that doll by the way was not allowed to be room and it was always end up in the room and so we started to realize with my sister-in-law that we could hear footsteps we could hear footsteps um creaking and that house had an attic that had been fully remodeled it had carpet and everything and it was meant to be a room for whoever is renting the home and we didn't need that extra room because we had a room downstairs, so we didn't go up there. We didn't even have anything up there. And we started to hear these footsteps, and at first we kind of brushed it off. Oh, it must be us because we were walking around, most of us walking around with our daughters trying to, you know, maintain peace. And so we started to notice this, and my sister-in-law was trying to be very brave and she's like, okay, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to ask what's going on. And she goes up there and she's like, leave us alone. Leave us alone. You need to leave us alone. Um, you need to leave whoever you are. And all I heard was a thump. And I look and the closet, the attic door had opened from where she had hit so hard. And she told me, some something pushed and we never went back up there i told my husband i told my brother they're very skeptical and so you know 
they didn't believe us and we were trying to tell them. And so I started to go to my mom's house when my husband would leave um, because I didn't want to be there. It was just such a heaviness. I did not want to be there. And it was as if whatever it was followed us where we went. And at my mom's house, um, my daughter, instead of waking up with a doll, she started to wake up and look at the walls and look at the ceilings and just yell. And it was such a hysterical yell and you could see the panic in her eyes. And I would try to calm her down and she, eventually I would calm her down and she would sleep with me. And, but it was same time, just different reactions. And after that, my husband started having these dreams and in these dreams, he would see a older lady with a black cloak over her head. Um, and it would whisper to him that I want your, I want your child. I don't care about you. I don't want you. I want your child and I'm going to take your child from me. And in the dream, our daughter was in her crib and the woman in the cloak was picking her up and taking her with him. And um, he started to have these dreams. And then I started to have the same dreams. And we would both wake up with this panic, checking if she was okay. And she always was okay. So it never became something physical. But it was almost like, you know, that was the only thing miss missing because we were so scared and we would touch our daughter and make sure that she was fine but she was there because it was this panic that we would go into so eventually we started looking for a cleansing and prayer and so we started doing all this and it seemed to stop to subside like but it only stopped at my parents home um, when we would go back to where we lived, which we didn't have an option to leave um, because of financial circumstances and we had signed a lease, we couldn't get out of it at the moment, so we had to stick around. And so when we would go back home, the same things would happen. Um, and then we started to feel that the blankets were being pulled off of us. And when we started to feel that, when I realized that at this point, it wasn't just something psychological. It wasn't something that we couldn't see anymore. It was something that we felt. Um, we decided to move. And so we'd been in the home for six months when we left. So this, all this happened throughout a six month period. And when we finally decided that we were going to leave, um, I went to ask the landlord for our deposit because the deposit had been returned and we had left the home in pretty good condition. I mean, based off how we got it, it was pretty much the same condition, nothing broken or anything like that. And so I went to the landlord and he was always very kind. And I went to him and I said, um, are you going to return our deposit? I think we, you know, we earned our deposit back. And he said, yeah, of course. Um, just can you please get your grandmother out of the house? And so when he said that, it caught me very much off guard. I was in shock for a moment. I didn't know what to say. I froze up. 
To me, it seems like I it I froze up for several minutes, and but when I checked the time, it only been about a minute, if not, you know, less than a minute. And I told him, I don't know what you're talking about. The only ones on the lease are me, my husband, my brother, and and his um wife and our daughters. And he said, yeah, but I always knew that you had somebody else in there. He said, I just didn't want to say anything. And I said, I don't know what you were talking about. And he said, I always saw the older lady looking out the window of the attic. And when he said that, my mind went blank. It just, there wasn't anything coming out of my mouth, but in my mind, I was connecting all the dots. And finally I came to, and I told him, nobody else lived with us. And I wasn't even able to mention anything about the deposit or anything. My mind was gone and I did not go back. I decided to never go back. Um, and he lived right beside the house. So, um, I never went back for the deposit. I left it as it was. I was so scared. Um, and then at the same time I was relieved because I knew that I wasn't going crazy anymore. And so, yeah, that's the story. And just let me know what you think about it. Your thoughts on all of that. Well, that's a lot to unload. Uh, first of all, with the child waking up roughly at like 3 a.m., To talk to this doll, that would be my first red flag on, we need to move. Second of all, when it's going on at the mother's house, it's, it, at that point, it's kind of an, an attachment. The more you think about it, like, a very evil attachment. But luckily you guys got out of it. Sounds like, like, after you guys, like, did all the cleansing and stuff I guess you could say it the attachment stopped but the thing was but the things were still going on progressive and progressively did, getting worse which is it, it but it stayed contained in the house it seemed to yeah second of all well wait no fourth of all mm-hmm. um the dreams of the old lady taking the child that's very Ghostbusters 2-ish. I don't like it. Like, <laughs> that's horrifying. Did you, do you remember the Ghostbusters 2 scene? Yes. Where the baby's at, like, out on the edge of the uh, building? Yes. And then the creepy woman flies in and has the carriage and flies out? Yes. Scary scene. Very scary scene. What did you think was scarier? Two or one? Two. How so? It's just newer in that scene. I I feel the same. Everybody back in the day was like, oh, one so much better. Like they're both great movies, but I actually I personally like two better. I thought there yeah. was this some interesting. I loved the settings. I loved the train tunnels. I loved um, the Titanic. I, I just thought there were so many interesting things that were even scarier in that one to me. But and then fifth of all, the woman in the attic that. Now that could have just been I'm going to say that it was something paranormal but 
it could have very well been a creepy old woman that you didn't know was living in your attic. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, you never really know. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more. And I'll keep us on the air. Until next time, for Harper, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.